The Radio Fam Podcast. TheRadioFam.com. Radio Fam, thank you so much for joining us for season five, no, season six, episode five. Today's guest is very special because for those of you that have listened to the podcast, I guess are familiar with the background of this podcast, how it originally wasn't supposed to be a podcast. I was just you know, making YouTube videos. And then I decided, oh, you know, people probably want to listen to this content too. And I was just kind of thinking broadly of people that just prefer to consume their content um, by listening to it. Um, But in the meantime, have learned that I have at least two uh, listeners of this podcast that are visually impaired. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like they are able to directly benefit from this content that I'm putting out like that. And just I thought that was awesome. So shout out Brandon. Um, and but today we've got on Danny, who happens to be one of them, Danny Romero. Um, if you have, if you happen to be a longtime listener of the Elvis Duran show, you might have heard them on there as heard him on there as a blind DJ Dan. Um, and this was such a great conversation. First of all, I got such a great radio voice. So like relaxing to listen to him tell a story. But um, yeah, so it was just a, such a great conversation. He's got so many great tips about like you know networking and. Um, you know, kind of like Nina Blanco had said in her episode, just asking, you know what I mean? Just reaching out and seeing like, you know, lots of times people are willing to help you out or, you know, talk to you. And if you just ask and the ones that don't, you know, they don't, you can just remember those for later on. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. And Danny, it was such a pleasure getting to know you. I loved um, listening to the radio and I just, I always would have it on all times of the day. I loved morning shows and I still to this day love that I get to do mornings because I love morning shows. I love that connection. I love the room full of people laughing at each other's jokes or joking on each other. It was just something so beautiful about that type of dynamic. So when I was six, my aunt realized that I was loving the radio and she worked at a car dealership. And one of the producers for the biggest Latin station in the country, 97.9 La Mega in mm-hmm. in New York, uh, there was a very famous show on there called El Basilón, El Basilón de la Mañana. One of the producers, as his side gig, worked at the dealership that my aunt worked at. And so she told him about me being, you know, visually impaired and told him that I loved radio. So they scheduled me to go up there. It was a dream come true. I remember it was from this big hallway. And then you had this pathway that was already carpeted as as uh, soundproofing. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> they were on commercial break, and this was like in the 9 o'clock hour. I finally got up there. I mean, I, we were there since like 6 in the morning. And I didn't get up there until like 8.45, 9 o'clock. I just <laughs> thought they were just going to let me be there and see the show happen. And they threw me on the air. And that was it. And I remember not knowing Spanish at the time, not knowing much Spanish. So here I am talking to Spanish hosts in English. <laughs> and of course, they're in New York, so they know English pretty well, you know. And so I talked to the guys uh, on the air. And I remember going home and being like, you know, my grandma, she b- passed away last year. She she was like, uh, I was like, did you hear me on the radio, grandma? She, I heard a little bit of you. And I was just thinking, I was so fascinated that like talking into that one thing made yeah. so many people hear me. And there was something so fast. So I started playing radio when I was a kid. I had these toy microphones that that would hit be on an FM frequency. It was just, you know, some toy little crappy thing. It took like maybe like two double A's or something. (laughs) And I took that microphone and I started playing radio and I started like 
literally playing songs like i remember it was so jankety i remember used to putting the microphone in the headphones so my headphones would be like super spread out because i was fitting the microphone in there because it was wireless to play music and i would always ask my cousin how do they play music at radio stations because it doesn't sound like when i the way i play it <laughs> and he's like, they just play it <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah okay, i guess <laughs> so at seven years old i found elvis duran and uh, at the time it was the z morning zoo I was glued. I was glued. I was. I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was hearing. It was back in the day when stunt guys could get away with whatever the hell they wanted to. You know, the first thing I remember, and I can't believe I remember this, but the first bit I ever heard Greg T do on air was like, it was his famous bit he would do every year. They would go out to a junkyard and they would call women over because they were made fun of the fact that T had no muscles <laughs> they're like he's yeah. as strong as a woman so <laughs> let's pair him up with some women and let's flip a car over in the junkyard oh wow and see how many women it takes to flip over a car i couldn't believe i was hearing this on the radio at seven years old i'm like wow <laughs> so in 2003 so that was 2001 i discovered the show in 2003 i remember calling into the show into elvis's show because um my mom had gotten a new job she had gotten laid off of one job and she had got a new job and i wanted to congratulate her and i remember that being one of the first times of me being on the air with elvis and then i just was hooked with calling the station and so for a couple years i would call the station and i would uh just bug them i was annoying <laughs> you know shout out to romeo and nico i remember uh romeo herbster he uh he was doing nights at Z in uh, 2003. And I remember calling in a few times and they literally just stayed on the phone with me while they were doing radio. It was so cool. I was like, wow, I, this is amazing. Cause you feel like it's like behind the scenes, right? Like, yes. like hang on a sec. <laughs> yes, I'm not, I'm not just that listener to the radio anymore. I am now seeing the thick of it. Uh, so I start doing online radio. And about 2006, so I'm 13 at this time, and nobody's taking me serious. I sound like just a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and so I actually started taking it serious because I started buying audio equipment. Because I used to listen to Opie and Anthony. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I remember Opie and Anthony always talking about management. Management always wants to come in and ruin the show. Fuck management. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like damn, do I really want to do this if managers are really going to be down my neck like that? Is that something, you know, so at 13, I kind of like walked away from it and started working on music. At, uh, oh, how old was I? I was 18. And uh, I was doing just online radio shows, just having fun. And I was 18 and I built this show. It was something so stupid. It was, like, it was <laughs> called The Dan Show. This was about 10 years ago. It came about because... Uh, a friend of mine and his cousin were over one night and I was like, you guys want to be on the air with me? And so we just did this random show on the internet. We're having fun. This is a lot of fun. We should do this weekly. And so we started doing it weekly and it was raunchy. It was nasty. So it was a different time back. It was a different time. And you know what? Cancel culture wasn't as big mm -hmm. as it is now. Yep. Like I cringe to think some of the stuff we used to say on that show. Yeah. <laughs> If it ever makes the light of day <laughs> yeah. and people hear me and they're like, that's the guy you hired. It's important that we learn from that. Yeah, we were young, you know. <laughs> yes, I'm young. I'm saying dumb shit and I'm in my mom's 
basement playing radio, but it sounded real. It was like my dream had come true. I was building this show. And mm-hmm. so I'll take you back just a little bit before that, because that yeah. started in January of 2012. Okay. In January of 2011, Elvis was doing a bit of, it was something about blind people. I don't remember what it was, but it was mm-hmm. something about how Carolina was trying to, she was on the show at the time. She was talking about how she was telling this guy to go, go, you know? But she, he was blind, so he had no idea that she was signaling to him that she, he could cross the street. Okay. And so I wanted to tell either a similar story or I just wanted to be like, hey, I'm your blind, you know what I'm saying, fan. <laughs> Let me be on the show. <laughs> I called in and literally as, uh, shout out to Carla Marie. Carla Marie was his phone producer at the time. Oh, when, okay. When Carla Marie was about to put me on hold so that I can go on air, they literally had just cut the break and they weren't going to be talking about it anymore. Carla Marie goes, I am going to save your number in our system so that you could be like the resident blind guy of the show. <laughs> and I was like, this is fantastic. Right? <laughs> like gladly. You know, this is when iHeartRadio, the app started picking up. Mm-hmm. And so I was in my senior year of high school and I was listening to the show just snuck in my ear. Oh, like with your headphones in? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it is my senior year of high school. This is about a month after that situation. I get a call. And at the time, you know, Twitter was still blowing up. Mm-hmm. And we used to do these things on Twitter called Follow Friday. Oh, yeah. Used to I remember use this that. Hashtag FF. And every week on Friday, I was doing members of the show. Elvis had Carla Marie call me. And she goes, hey, Elvis wants to talk to you about how you use Twitter as a really? And I'm like, what? And so I ran out of class. I remember running to the bathroom and where I was, the wing of my high school, I was in a huge high school in the wing of my high school. Of course, the phone <laughs> drops while I'm on hold. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, man. Finally was able to get, to get some good signal. I called back. They got me on. So I'm at a class at this point for over 20 minutes. My stomach hurts really bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so I finally get on the air and I'm like, hey, Elvis, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is how I use it. I explained screen reading, screen reading software and I explained how we navigate computers or just how we navigate our phones. And at the time, too, I just got an iPhone and the iPhone was like leading in the accessibility field because they had started putting what is called a voiceover right um, outside the box. Okay. So you turn on your phone, you could turn on voiceover, and now you have full functionality of a touchscreen. It was amazing. Wow, okay. And so that's how I was listening to the show. I was using my smartphone, nobody <laughs> knew. So I explained all of this to him, and you know, I called a week later, and mm-hmm. I was just on the air, and I was like, oh, I have a really good rapport with them. They know me. So in August, I emailed uh, David Brody, who's an executive producer of the show. And I was like, hey, man, I I would love to be on. I'm not trying to be on the radio, but I want to be there and witness how a syndicated radio show is run. I get an email back a couple days later. Sure. Let's set it up. Yay. What? (laughs) There's no effing way. So this is August of 2011. Okay. My first time going there was November of 2011. And all the audio is up. It's out there. <laughs> Elvis you know, was so cordial. Everybody was so cordial. And I was like, I'm meeting my childhood heroes. But more so than that, I get to ask all the fun questions, all the fun radio questions now. Yeah. 
How do you fire off liners for every market? How do you do this? How do you? And it was so like scary even. Shout out to Scary. He's such a great guy. Yeah. And my friend TJ, who who ended up going to be a morning show host in Boston, um, he mentored me after that. Like he really paid attention to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I they were shocked that I'm this 18-year-old kid who came to this radio station and is not like gushing over the people, but more so asking how things go. Don't play like a fan when you meet your favorite radio people they're just gonna look at you as a fan like the weird listener <laughs> yeah like they're just gonna regard you they're gonna they're gonna put you in this box of like oh that's just a fan they just want to be around us because they're fans of the show not because they really want to take something away mm-hmm. and i really made sure that i was there It was what I said in my initial email. I said I wanted to see how a syndicated radio show is run. After that, Elvis was like, "Uh, come in here. Come in here. We're going to put you on the air. And I'm like, what? No, you're not. And so I was put on the air super confident. I mean, it's amazing how when you sit in front of a microphone in a studio from when you do it at home, there's just this different air about it. Like it drives you more. This is the coolest story. So in 2013, I go to do another bit with Elvis. Um, They have me on the air, interviewed me for a long time. They had me play a game. It was so crazy. And it's, I think about it now, how many blind organizations would have probably jumped on Elvis's show if they heard the game that we played, but it was like, feel your face. So based on the voice of the members on the show, since I've been listening for so long, yeah. if I touched their face, would I know when it was? <laughs> well, were you able to? Yes, uh, a couple. So I got it and it was a fun game. And it was, you know, I'm always, I love radio. So the spirit of doing a bit like that would never offend me. I'm also just not, I love comedy. You know, I, I, I love crude humor. And I told you earlier, I listened to Opie and Anthony. So outside of Opie and Anthony, nothing else can get raunchier than that. So I did that bit on the air. And then I started actually doing voice tracking online stations. And one of the biggest stations was called Z108. And it was like always number one for online top 40 in TuneIn. And when iTunes had like a radio station directory, Z108 was always top because we were getting, we were the only radio station that had real world jingles. Little secret, like that company, a lot of the time works off of barter. Most of the imaging companies in radio work off of barter. So a lot of internet radio stations don't have the opportunity to use them. Well, we were the only one because the program director, my buddy, who ran the station, had a connection from Real World all the way back to 2003. He was doing this internet radio thing from the early 2000s. And so he was able to build a relationship and really have that. And so, so funny, you know, my my program director would get emails from everybody. How did you get Real World to work with you? (laughs) They will not even look at us. And we couldn't even respond. We couldn't really respond because, you know, there was nothing we could say. So I'm putting that out there in the world. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. So I started voice tracking uh, Z108 and I was going by this 
crappy name and it was the same name i used on elvis's show so they all still know me as blind dj dan right so it was <laughs> dj dan and i hated the name i remember calling this one personality in detroit a channel 955 one time and he, yeah. and i was asking him like for his email so i can send stuff over and he was like your name is dj dan that's a shit name bro <laughs> He was honest, I guess. He was super honest with me, but nobody had told me that up to that point. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I started like thinking, overthinking. I'm like, shit, he's right. That is a pretty shitty name. So and basic. So, yeah, it's so basic and dumb. I went to go do this other voice, uh, this other station that I was voice tracking on weekends. And it was a guy out of Missouri who just loved radio. And that's that's what I typically see, right? A lot of these people who run online stations now mm-hmm. are people who left the business uh, don't have a love for it anymore, but still want to keep some some type of it in their lives in some capacity, right? Yeah. And so it's interesting. It's like the guy kind of like all these people that I did voice tracking for, like they mentored me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy uh, told me he's like, uh, I want you to pick a new name, and he gave me like three names. You could use Romero. You could use like Debounce, and I hated that one. Debounce. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to use my last name. Yeah. I think Romero. Just it's it's a little more unique, but it's me. <laughs> and so that's been my name ever since, Romero. And I proudly go by that. iHeartRadio, the app, gave me so much opportunity to ch- check out radio shows around the country that were similar to Elvis. Uh-huh. And so... You know, I started actually, I had friends from online. I was making friends online. And so I had a friend uh, at the time who lived in Minneapolis. And so he knew of Dave Ryan. And so I started listening to Dave Ryan's show. He knew, uh, or then I found by mistake, by accident, when I was searching for podcasts, I found The Kane Show. Oh, and yeah. rest in peace, Kane. Fell in love with that show. And shout out to my man, Intern John, who you had on here, mm-hmm. who literally was the coolest dude to me and just talked to me about radio and like how to prepare and just he was really instrumental he's such a nice guy yeah he's so great i love that you had him on i didn't know him that well and once i had him on i was like oh my god you're such a delight i love you i love how real he was in his interview with you at that time you know i go back to the show the dan show so i play this bit on the air with elvis this is january 2013 and i remember asking TJ at that show. I'm like, hey, TJ, can you mentor me or give me some pointers on where I should go here? And I was like, I do my radio show tonight. Can you listen in? He was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to listen in, but he was like, I'll listen next week and I'll give you my feedback. And I was like, okay, perfect. So I went home. I'm off off a high, right? Just got home from New York City, back into New Jersey. I'm in my mom's basement again. I'm about to play radio. I was already on the radio there. We do the show, and I get a call the next day at 1030 in the morning. TJ's like, hey, or he emailed me. I have some time to talk and some pointers. I would love to go over with you. And so I called him, and he goes, Hey, I didn't want to tell you I was going to listen to the show because I didn't want you to change anything for me. Okay. And that was genius. He's like, uh, I didn't want you to t- tone things down. He was like, what I think you should do, though, is really clean up your show. Take advantage of the fact that you have Elvis Duran followers now and really use that to your advantage. <clears throat> because my Twitter was blowing up off of the show. 
I called in a great friend of mine. She works in radio still. She's so incredible. Shout out to my girl, Carissa. She's fantastic. She mm-hmm. came onto the show. She was only 19 years old, and she loved radio. She was doing WSOU, which is a very prestigious uh, college radio station. It's mm-hmm. one of the ones that a lot of people look to in the country. That's for Seton Hall University in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, she was doing a Friday shift, and then she came. She would do our show on Wednesdays, and it was fantastic. She was doing entertainment, and I was like, I literally built this whole type of morning show thing, but it was at night. I want to have that type of show again, where we take like a morning show style and make it a night show mm-hmm. and really have some fun with people. The freaks come out at night. That's what they say, right? What I started realizing was people from the radio industry, like intern John, mm-hmm. like Skiri, like Greg T, were calling my show without me asking or prompting them. Oh, that's amazing. They were calling into the show and I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, no way. <laughs> this is crazy. And so here's where the story falls apart. Uh-oh. One of my co-hosts got with Carissa, and it went downhill from there. Uh-oh. And forever till this day, I kind of like hate them both for it, <laughs> because it's like, you ruined everything I tried to build. Radio people were listening to us. What are you doing? Oh, right. It, when you dip the pen in the company ink, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the show kind of fell apart, fell apart. I was trying to fix it. I was trying to get people to do it it just was never the same being with these guys i recognized how important dynamic was and where radio has failed so much and so many morning shows have failed because they just try to throw people in a room and say figure it the fuck out out." i just continued voice tracking stations i would eventually go on to do a show uh multiple shows honestly with uh an ex of mine. And so that happened for several years. We were still doing Z108. We got some really cool opportunities to interview some people. And one of the people that I always talk about, rest in peace to the beautiful Christina Grimmie. We were only on the air for about two weeks at the time, but she was so plugged in to internet that her people reached out to us and they were like, we want to do, we want to be on uh, I want to be on the Z morning rush with Dan and Sam. That was the name of the show. Okay. Um, they're like, we want to be on the show. And I was like, we've only been on the air for two weeks and we have a celebrity reaching. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was already on The Voice. I'm like, there's no way. I'm I'm crammed in this bedroom in Colorado and I'm about to t- do, do one of my, an interview. And, you know, at the time, I was scouting for my own interviews with people through Twitter. Like, people on Twitter at the time, and I miss Twitter. Yeah, old Twitter for sure. Yeah, old Twitter, but there was something so beautiful about that back then, and that's how I got to uh, nab some interviews with some some artists. And awesome. and so I was doing all the work. I had already learned audio editing when I was 13, and so I'm cutting up these, these, these interviews for both on-air playback and for uh, release on SoundCloud, and so we do the Christina Grimmie interview. That was it. After she got mur- murdered, that kind of it put something in me because I was planning to do a bit with her and her people and my program director for Z108. I was like, we should do. It was when Twitch was starting to blow up, mm. and she was vi- she was a gamer. You know, she was definitely known online as a gamer. And I'm like, we should do like a Q and A with Christina Grimmie through Twitch 
hosted by Z108. And my program director was like, cool, I'm going to um, I'm gonna send that email off. We spoke about that on Monday. She got murdered that Friday. Oh, my gosh. It really stunned me. And so at the time, too, I wasn't really having a good year that year. So I literally stepped away from radio. I went back home to Jersey. Um, I spent some time in California. Uh, I was just just trying to figure it all out. So I was living in Denver and I went back to New Jersey and I wasn't doing radio for a while. That's when I started to actually get into like political commentary. Cause like so many people were huge on YouTube with political commentary. And so I got to work for this, uh, political online, uh, news network that was actually doing really well. And we would just post up a question every day. And I was just was what was called a community ambassador, you know, spreading the show around to facebook groups because it was a live show every day Mm -hmm. i would join in on debates uh all that fun stuff and then in 2018 i i was like we're here we're not doing anything i want to go back into radio i just put out a, a facebook message or a post on this group i was like top 40 stations i'm looking to be back on the air i'll voice track just Put me on. So somebody had reached out because they remembered me from Z108. Like Z108 was that big. Everybody wanted to be, all the top 40 brands at least, online wanted to be Z108. Mm-hmm. So I got there and I um, responded to the guy. They had me on like two days later. We started getting emails. The station's going to get a flip to a new name because in June we are going to be on an fm frequency we're going to be on a low-powered fm in florida Mm. i'm like what like that's the first time in history you've ever heard of an online station that was definitely formatted for to be on an fm Mm -hmm. was about to make it to an fm frequency and that was june of 2018 uh, (laughs) i've been on play fm in gainesville for uh for four years now in 2020, the morning show guy stepped down and he trusted me. He was like, uh, I started middays in June of 2018. And then I would uh, go to do all all shifts. I would do night. I did afternoons for a while. And then when the morning guy left, he was like, uh, I want to give it to him. I, I think he can do it. And so I've been doing mornings ever since. Uh, you know, brought in DJs to do my weekend intro mix on Friday mornings uh-huh. and just really I'm doing it to build audio so that when the time comes, I'm there. And it's the same thing, though, for people's, you know, podcast shows or what or whatever show, whatever they're trying to build. It takes years of just consistently doing it, you know, yes. just like you said, out of that passion. I truly do believe in manifestation. I believe that if you tell yourself something enough and you say it out loud, it'll happen. When I was a kid and I was listening to Elvis and I knew the whole show were booze heads, they loved booze, and callers always loved calling Elvis's show and being like, hey Elvis, uh, I'm turning 21 over the weekend. What drink should I have? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Recommend me my first legal drink. So he would give them a list or you know, the show would interact on that and they're like, have fun, enjoy your 21st. And as a kid, I told myself, I'm not going to be a caller. I'm going to be in studio on my 21st birthday. Uh, five days before, I called Elvis and I was like, uh, hey, or I texted Elvis. So I was like, hey, uh, my birthday is this Friday, my 21st. 
And at the time, it was very popular for uh, Uncle Johnny, who's a member of the show or who's a friend of the show. This old gay guy, so great. He's so funny. <laughs> He's the sweetest guy in the world, too. He would uh, he worked as a bartender for many years in uh, in Staten Island. Yeah. And he uh, would come in on Fridays to do drinks for the show, mix up drinks. He would bring the blender into the studio. He still does it today, but they don't do it as often. But it was every Friday. And so, you know, my birthday is March 14th. It was a couple days before, uh, before St. Patrick's Day. And so he made some like St. Patrick's Day themed drink mm -hmm. and Elvis invited me. He called me on that Monday. He was like, uh, all right. He was like, we're going to call you. I'm going to have Carla Marie call you. And um, called me that Monday and said, uh, hey, we would like to invite you up to the station on Friday so you can have a drink with us on your 21st birthday <laughs> that's amazing you called it manifestation right i really believe yeah. in it i really yeah. really believe in it and of course you know that wouldn't have happened without having the the relationship i did have with mm -hmm. with the show already because uh about five months prior to that so around you know thanksgiving time mm -hmm. carla marie called me up last minute and was like, hey, Elvis wants you to be a blind taste tester tomorrow with Bobby Flay on the air. Do you oh. want to come and do it? And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is happening? <laughs> that's amazing. And so it was such a fun bit because that's when I actually got to sit in for the rest of the show and interact on the air. And so it felt like I was a member of the show. And, um, and I'm like, this is like literally a dream come true. I mean... It's not focused around me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been up here several times already. It's not focused around me. Now they're letting me add input into the show. And so of course that was before my twenty first birthday, but that was that was such a great, great time. And uh I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for, for guys like Elvis and Skiri and Carla Marie and for all of them for allowing me to go up to the building and make friends with the people I grew up listening to. That's like a kid's dream come true. And then learn, you know, really soak it all in and actually get real world experience on how to do this radio thing from some of the best. And on top of that, I grew up listening to them. So it was, it's such a dream come true. A lot of it too, like you said, was just being bold. I mean, you're using social media to get their attention and then just, you know, messaging people, letting them know who you are. Hey, can I do this? And asking a lot of people won't even just take that step to ask. So they don't know that they'll hear a no until they do it. And that's like, look at, at that point, then you're able to use that to then network, which a lot of people don't really, I'm even learning how important that is. So now because of your networking, you then your network and then was able to have these opportunities and have things like that and we always talk about that that's such a big part of it is just people knowing who you are and being a good person on top of that and like showing passion for the thing that they have a passion for mm -hmm. because if you're just some like i said you know you don't want to be as the, the appeared as the uh as the fan to them you mm -hmm. want to be one of their equals and the the thing i always tell people too is like you don't know like they wouldn't have given you their phone number mm -hmm. or their contact info if they didn't want to help and even still to this day i have like trouble with that you know even still to this day i'm like oh should i call elvis oh should i text Ooh, am i <laughs> yeah. gonna be bothering him that's it rolls through my mind like that but i remember 
<clears throat> then I think to back to the um, to one of the times that I was there, and I was talking about my shows. The Dan show was on at the time, and he walks. He's walking out of the studio, but he hears me talking about my show to somebody else. And he was he comes back into the studio, and this this just shows you what kind of guy Elvis is. And I want people to understand like he is that he is that guy <laughs> on the air in person just with more curse words he's <laughs> that guy and he comes into the audience he's like what the, why the fuck are you not gonna have me on your show and that's when you know those are the moments i think back to when i'm like am i gonna bother him right because clearly he cared enough he cared enough yeah and, and then of course leverage right mm -hmm. knowing some of these people has given me leverage to meet other people like Charlemagne the God. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's so, it's such a beautiful thing to go down the hall to another radio station that I grew up listening to. And I want to give a shout out to my friend Cindy Vero, yeah. who was huge on KTU, especially in the early to mid 2000s. She was like the girl there. She was mornings all the time, was very known for her traffic, but then also doing some of her bits doing the celebrity news. And I remember meeting Cindy at KTU and she gave me the biggest hug and the biggest kiss on the cheek. <laughs> and she goes, you're here. Like you made it inside the most important doors. Yeah. Like, you just need to get into a seat. And she was right. I literally made relationships with almost everybody in the iHeartMedia building mm -hmm. in New York. She, they trust me because I'm such a student of radio. I have such a passion for it. You know, a lot of situations, and I wanna go back to what you said about letting things fall in your, or that things don't fall in your lap, that you, you have to go for it, mm -hmm. right? That's the thing, like, you only know if you ask. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my man, DJ Bonix, who uh, not only is one of the best mixed show DJs on FM radio. That's my opinion. But he's also the tour DJ, the world tour DJ for Wiz Khalifa. And he was doing a mixed show live at a station in Philadelphia at the time. It was it was Wide 96.5. It was a Beasley media in, uh, station before CBS at the time bought them out. Mm -hmm. And it was this fun little station and a lot of people like uh, shout out to Buster used to work there and oh, yeah. was the program director there and uh, Bonix was mixing one night and I just randomly messaged him. I DM'd him. Now we, I don't know how we were following each other. <laughs> Again, leverage, right? Everything yeah. is leverage. Once uh -huh. everybody saw that I was on Elvis Duran's show and then they saw that Charlemagne tweeted me back because I had tweeted Charlotte to ask him if I could come up to power to meet them. That's, I, I think, it's like it, all these big people just hit the follow button. Oh, he's important. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, that's how it works, right? And if that's how you get it done, that's how you get it done. <laughs> yeah. So I messaged Bonix and I was like, hey, man, I, I would love to come up and uh, hang out with you while you mix live. You know, what's the possibility of that? Now, I was in Philadelphia because I was with my child's mom at the time. Yeah. Uh, and she was pregnant with our daughter and she was kind of like miserable. And I remember us arguing about it. She didn't want to go. She had worked all day and she didn't want to go. And I'm like, but you want to get into radio too. Yeah. And like, 
This is our only opportunity. We gotta go. Mm-hmm. And so, she, you know, she threw a fit, but we ended up going. And I remember him messaging me while we were on the way there, and he was like, "He's like, hey man, I got, I don't ever really do this for people, so kind of just like, you know, just keep that in mind. Like, I want you to know, I'm really curious to have you up here. Okay. And so that's the thing. It's like you don't know until you ask. Yep. I went up there. He threw me on the air randomly. Like, I remember him cutting to me. He's like, why, what's the, you know, what is a good reason that a woman might be single right now and inside her home and she's not going out to party? <laughs> and they swung the mic over to me and I just came up with this answer right on the spot. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's awesome. It's the radio way, right? Yeah. And I, before that, the only indication I would have ever known that he was going to put me on the air, he asked me, he's like, when's the last time you were on Q102? Because they were competitors. And, you know, when's the last time you were on Q102? because of Elvis. And I was like, oh, it's a good while now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, It's about like six months now. <laughs> and he's like, okay, perfect. And so he put me on the air that night and he's like, man, I, re- I really want to help you out because I see how much you love it. And so the thing is, you don't know until you ask. And the worst they can say is no or not respond to you, but at yeah. least you love it enough to ask. And it did actually make me curious, though, when you were talking, and I know you did cover, like, you know, how you were able to tweet at Elvis and all that. I am curious, though, like, how do you edit audio? At the time, I was using uh, Adobe Audition, Mm -hmm. and it was a really old version. It was called 1.5. And the reason why I was using this version was because there was somebody, somebody in the blind world had coded scripts uh, for the screen reader to be, to use its multi-track function. Okay. And so... When I started, when I realized I could get those scripts, that's when I started really heavily learning audio editing and stuff like that. And then uh, I was such a stubborn guy. It's so funny. I feel so old sometimes. I'm a 29, <laughs> but I feel like I'm on like a 50-something-year-old's body. You have an old soul. Yeah, for real. Like Sometimes I feel like I really just, because I was stubborn about moving over to a new program. It took like 12 years. <laughs> 2006 to 2018 is when I finally switched over to Reaper. And now Reaper is a music doll, but it is also an incredible editor. And you could also edit videos in Reaper. Okay. And there's like scripts and a whole community of blind and visually impaired Reaper users. And Ooh. so I use Reaper now for everything. I record my, my stuff uh, any audio that I need to do. I also make music. I uh, mix. I'm a mix engineer, so I mix vocals within Reaper. Oh. I mean, I just do it all. You know what I'm saying? Like, dip your hand into as many things that you love so that you could always have a backup. Mm-hmm. Music is my backup. Mm-hmm. Radio is my number one love. I always love it. Mm-hmm. But I also make a lot of music and do stuff. I'm, I'm part of a collective called Blind and Famous Oh, and uh, it's a collective of blind artists, producers, uh, audio engineers, uh, podcasters, and it is it's such a brotherhood. Like we really hold each other up and support each other's music. And uh, what is it like? A, like a Facebook group or 
No, it's uh, we have like a YouTube channel where we post all our, our music and everything that like we've been dropping mixtapes consistently for the last five years. Oh, okay. Yeah, send me a link to that too because I like to drop kind of that stuff in these descriptions. Definitely. And then, you know, yeah. of course, I've dipped my hand in the podcasting game. Mm-hmm. After the Dan show fell apart, I always was just trying to seek for that. That room of fun people. <laughs> I just can't find it. But I luckily, you know, I've been through several podcasts, but the one podcast that's my baby today is uh, it goes down in the DM. And it's with my lovely wife, now uh-huh. wife. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so we have a love relationship sex show. We talk about healthy relationships and what that looks like for you. Um, and even just like putting yourself in a great position, fun bits like forever or fail. You know, as this we'll read a scenario of a couple that's going through some stuff and we guess whether they're going to be forever or if they're <laughs> going to fail together. Oh, that's uh, fun. I love that. Yeah, TikTok teardown. We find all these like wannabe relationship coaches on TikTok uh-huh. and tear down their bullshit advice sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> as a totally blind dude, I, I have to have some ducks in a row before I just go to some small ass city. And that's. This is where it's unfortunate, too, because people don't realize, like, the access to Uber, Lyft, public transportation. Yeah. Yeah, you're recommending that I find a job in some little shit town in Oklahoma, (laughs) but I can't get around. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to get around. I wouldn't be able to afford going back and forth from the station. Not if you're going to pay me 27 grand. Right. Exactly. No way. You know, I feel like for a lot of people who've given me some advice, whether it was good, sometimes it was kind of like a little, they don't think of it from my position because I have to have something that's a little more accessible. I have to be in an area where I can get public public transportation and I'm not far out from things. Mm-hmm. And that's where everybody small starts out. Mm-hmm. And that's where they get their first chance. So that's why my story's never gone fully to like this huge, you know, conglomerate station because I'm looking at the big markets because at least I know I can travel and commute to work yeah. if I get hired. And connections are connections are connections. No matter how small you are in the radio industry, you'll always have an opportunity to shake hands with a big name. Mm-hmm. And if you're impressionable enough and you prove yourself, like you you show them you have a spark in you, they'll never forget you. 100%. They will never forget you. The, the people you shake hands with, that's that's your next step when you know you're getting closer to a young person trying to get in now in 2022 what would you tell them i'm lucky right now everybody has the luxury to have audio equipment in their early 20s and play radio you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and do it online and hone their craft and be better um i would say if you believe in it work on it put every amount blood sweat and tears like don't ever diminish what that means Blood, sweat, and tears, if it's something that you love, do it. And do it as if you're making a million dollars for it. I promise somebody will believe in you. Mm-hmm. For me, it was huge names that saw my my love for radio and are still great friends today. And that could be for you too. But you have to open those doors for yourself and you have to put in the work. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's it like It's so crazy 
that radio feels like you're trying to get into the music or movie industry. For real, yeah. For no real real reason, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're making shit money. <laughs> I know. And like, and it's so crazy, because to the, to the average, everyday listener, everybody's listening to radio, like, oh, they're so cool, because they get to hang out with celebrities. Right. That doesn't mean I'm making celebrity money. I don't I know. money. <laughs> what are you saying? You're like, I so took a pic- couple pictures of them and put them on my Facebook. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so weird that radio is literally that much of a fight, like trying to get into the music industry. And sometimes it feels impossible. And sometimes there's those nights where you're like, fuck, am I wasting my time? Like, <laughs> am, is this even worth it? But again, it's like what Breland said. Shout out to Breland. He's an artist. He said specifically, like, most of the people that give up gave up right before it was about to happen. And I never want that opportunity to go by. And you shouldn't either. The Radio Fam Podcast. The Radio Fam.com.